A left-wing press is declaring Congressman Adam Schiff a hero because of Schiff's attempted impeachment of Donald Trump on grounds the president did some damn thing or other. Unlikely liberal hero, the New Yorker calls him. Democratic hero, says the Daily Kos. And The Hill declares Schiff's star rises with impeachment hearings. To test the veracity of these headlines, we at The Daily Wire sent a team of imaginary reporters to left-wing gathering sites like Brooklyn and the men's room near the Greek theater in Griffith Park to listen to unfounded opinions, vague impressions, and self-indulgent emotional maunderings, sort of like the impeachment hearings themselves. For instance, we interviewed Lester Lipschitz, a left-wing activist currently working on his PhD thesis entitled Internet Porn and How to Keep It from Showing Up on Your Mother's Credit Card Bills. Asked about Adam Schiff, Lipschitz said, quote, The man is a great American hero like Che Guevara or Alyssa Milano. Because while greedy corporations are being racist by creating jobs where black people have to work, just like in slavery days, except for, you know, getting salaries and stuff, Schiff has kept the country focused on the important things, like something somebody said about what the president said to some guy in some other country somewhere, unquote. Professional feminist Shirley Useless is currently employed framing her diploma in vaginal grievance while working off $300,000 in student debt by nodding vigorously whenever Bernie Sanders promises free college for everyone. Ms. Useless expressed enormous respect for Schiff, saying, quote, Congressman Schiff is a true feminist and that he does nothing for anyone while complaining about men for purely emotional reasons that have zero to do with reality. If more men would act like feminist women, we wouldn't be where we are today with this out-of-control stock market and, like, rape culture or whatever, unquote. To bring you further impeachment news, we at The Daily Wire will continue to journey fearlessly into the bowels of the left until we become resistant to antibiotics and die. (laughs) Trigger warning, I'm Andrew Clavin, and this is The Andrew Clavin Show. Life is tickety-boo. Birds are winging, also singing. Hunky-dunky-dee-doo. Ship-shaped, ipsy-topsy. The world is a bitty zing. It's a wonderful day. Hurrah, hooray. It makes me want to sing. Oh, hurrah, hooray. Oh, hooray, hurrah. In a sad contrast to the joyful Thanksgiving holiday in America, a horrifying Islamic terrorist attack took place in London over the weekend. Two young people died when a knife-wielding Islamist went on a rampage. Among the many awful aspects of the incident was this. The killer had been previously convicted of plotting to bomb the London Stock Exchange in an Al-Qaeda-inspired conspiracy. He was supposed to go to prison for 16 years, but was inexplicably and inexcusably given an early release, part of a pattern of coddling Islamic terrorists and penalizing those who speak out against them. There are lots of other convicted terrorists on release in the UK. This brings home an important point about Islamist terror in the West in general, which is this. The problem we face here is not Islam. It's leftism. Obviously, there's an epidemic of violence in the House of Islam, and whether that violence grows naturally out of some Islamic beliefs or whether it's a cancer that can be removed from the main body should be the subject of open debate. But we can't debate it without being accused of bigotry because of leftism. We can't honestly examine what our immigration policy should be in light of Islamist terrorism because of leftism. If law enforcement trains its surveillance on mosques, or if they pay special attention to Middle Eastern young men in airports, they have to mask those efforts or be shut down because of leftism. 
Leftists minimize Islamist terror, and instead they make a lot of noise about white supremacist terror attacks. But white supremacists aren't a problem because we on the right agree with the left. Shut those mothers down too. We don't hamper law enforcement in going after them. We don't accuse the left of bigotry when they focus on them. It's only one side that tries to curtail attempts to stop violent activity as long as that violent activity is anti-Western, like Islamism. For the left, violent Islamism is just one more weapon they can use against the West. Their hatred of the West is not a secret. Of what tradition, what freedom, what history, what aspect of the West do they approve? None. And anti-West leftism is mainstream leftism. Alt-right trolls say ugly things on 4chan while mainstream rightists oppose them. But those who want to compromise First Amendment protections of free speech, those who abhor the Second Amendment's gun rights, those who want to mar or destroy constitutional systems like the Electoral College or the Supreme Court, and those who coddle Islamists while trying to marginalize our founding religion of Christianity at every turn, those are the people who run our universities, they run our media, and they run for president. That's the problem. That's the real threat. I feel certain Islam can reform, but before that can happen, anti-Western leftism has to be hounded out of our institutions and replaced with renewed pride in our history and care for our amazing country. Once pro-Western forces regain the high ground of our culture, no enemy from the outside will be able to defeat us. Until then, the danger is within. It's not Islam. It's leftism. Let us talk for a moment before we continue about last coat. The last coat is to protect your car. Here in L.A., you are judged by your car. People don't care about the content of your character. They don't care about your talent. They don't care about your success. It's all about the car. Your car has to look nice. It's not that we're shallow. Oh, wait. Yes, that's what it is. It's that we're shallow. Your car has to look nice. And the last coat helps you. It's a proprietary, versatile, and durable, all-in-one, easy-to-use, all-surface, do-it-yourself coating that gives cars a slick, mirror-like finish in minutes, and if you live in L.A., will raise your status with everybody. It works on glass, vinyl, leather, stainless steel, countertops, electronic screens, most fabrics, and a lot more. It creates a protective shell on your car that protects it from UV rays, road salt, abrasive soaps, extreme temperatures, and more. Its protection and coating lasts for up to six months. It's got thousands of five-star reviews online, and for a limited time, my listeners can get a 25% discount on a 16-ounce bottle of The Last Coat. It's the most durable, all-surface DIY coating technology on the market. For reference, an average size car only takes one or two ounces for full coverage. To take advantage of this 25% discount, go to thelastcoat.com slash Clavin and type in <laughs> Hold on a minute, please. <laughs> type in Clavin25 at the checkout. Again, that's thelastcoat.com slash Clavin and then Clavin25 at the checkout to get 25% off. The Last Coat is an awesome gift idea for the car enthusiast in your family. That's thelastcoat.com slash Clavin and Clavin25 at checkout to take advantage of this limited time offer there are no <laughs> and you have to know how to spell 25 to, to do it there are no e's in clavin it's klavn so here's something interesting that joe biden uh, said over the weekend play the joe biden clip and by the way you know i sit on the stand and it get hot i got a lot of i got hairy legs that turn that 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 that, that turn uh, um, blonde in the sun and the kids used to come up and reach in the pool and rub my leg down so it was straight and then watch the hair come back up again. They'd look at it. So I learned about roaches. I learned about kids jumping on my lap. And I've loved kids jumping on my lap. Oh, 
That's disgusting. <laughs> that, that creepy old man talking about the hair on his leg is the Democrat frontrunner in a lot of the polls, and he has been forever, which tells you... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on, come on. That just tells you how desperate, how incredibly desperate rank and file Democrats are for someone who is not a leftist. That's how completely the Democrats have lost the mainstream. If and, and you wonder why. Why is it? Why have they lost the mainstream? I was thinking about this Islamist attack over the weekend, right? <clears throat> this guy goes out and it's just, it's a nightmare. It's terrifying. Finally, uh, a Polish chef who was in a, um, what's it called, a uh, an old trade guild building that they have from like the Middle Ages called the Fishmongers Hall. There was a narwhal t- tusk on the wall. And this heroic guy, I mean, he really was heroic. He goes out and he, he jabs the guy. He suffered uh, knife cuts, but he fends the guy off. Another guy hit him, uh, sprayed him with a... Um, a fire extinguisher. And finally, the police arrived and shot the guy dead because he was wearing a, what looked like a suicide vest, even though it turned out to be a hoax. And I, I was thinking, knowing what England is like now, they'll probably ban narwhal tusks, you know? I mean, they already banned knives because of knife violence, and they ban, you know, guns, obviously, because of their fear of gun violence. So now there's narwhal, narwhal tusks. So, I mean, why does a man need a narwhal tusk? You know, I mean, okay, you want to go hunting with a narwhal tusk, that's one thing, but why would you need it on the streets of, of London? And, and the thing is, the, the whole, that's the problem. The problem is, is that the left has so tangled the minds of Europeans and British that they they will arrest you for saying that Islamism or Islam can be a violent religion. There's obviously a problem with violence in Islam. There is a problem with violence in Islam in the same way there's a problem with sex in the Catholic Church. There is a problem with violence everywhere Islam borders on other people. And even when they're among their own, they're, they're killing other Islams. This is something that has to be examined, but we can't because the left is using Islamism as one of its weapons against the West because they hate the West. And I mean, think about it. It is really amazing. I had a, I had a great Thanksgiving. I had a terrific Thanksgiving. I'm with my family. I love my family. I, I, I guess in that room, is there one other person who agrees with anything, I think? Uh, I don't think so. I think they're all, maybe a couple of things, maybe a couple of secret things that they might drop their voice in a whisper and say, yeah, I kind of agree with you on that. But mostly I'm with people who are on the left and uh, don't agree with me. And we we don't talk, we really don't talk about it. I move away when anybody starts to go off on anything that's going to annoy me. Uh, you know, and we had a wonderful, wonderful time. It was wonderful to see them. I love them dearly. And I'm thinking about all the stuff that leading up to Thanksgiving, the left is saying to people, you've got to go and convince everybody about impeachment. You've got to, the uh, the nation, I believe it is. Yes, the nation has a piece by a woman named Eli Ellie Mistel is the executive editor of Above the Law and a contributing writer for The Nation. And she writes, this Thanksgiving, it's time to take on your conservative relatives. Just listen to the tone of this for a minute. Every holiday season, there is a flood of articles, features, and puff pieces telling you how to have a safe holiday dinner with your family. You know, one that avoids hot-button political disagreements like, so are we going to impeach the criminal president or nah? This year, CNN made an entire flowchart to help people navigate politics over Thanksgiving. How weak, how pathetic. 
We stand on the precipice of losing our American character to the forces of authoritarianism and bigotry. For many people, this holiday season, it's an emergency, folks, it's a crisis. For many people, this holiday season will be the last face-to-face encounter with family members before the most consequential election of our lifetimes. And yet, many people are desperate to pass the potatoes without starting any uncomfortable conversations. The holidays are when your resistance is needed. Some of you have the opportunity to talk to Trump voters, actual living Trump voters, whoever even comes close to them, and assorted conservatives this weekend. Some of you will have the opportunity to talk to people who live in an echo chamber of Fox News, (laughs) unlike this lady who clearly lives in an echo chamber in her own head, to waste that opportunity. Listen to this, to waste the opportunity to convince Trump voters because of your own hangups and mommy or daddy issues is criminal. You might not like conflict, but if you choose to break bread with Trump supporters and climate change deniers because you happen to be related to them, then conflict is required. I mean, really, the question this lady should be asking herself is, I mean, if your philosophy has turned you into this person, if your philosophy has turned you into a person who puts your political, you know, craziness over the love of the people around you, right? If it's turned you into this angry, hate-filled, snarling person, shouldn't you change your philosophy? Isn't, a philo- isn't that like that, the clue that your philosophy is wrong? You know, Michael Moore was doing this too. He was on TV. <clears throat> and first of all, you know, you know I, I, try to, I try not to go for really cheap insults, but when you look at Michael Moore, are you seeing a healthy, happy person? Is this somebody where you look at them and think, that's, that's who I want to be? When I grow up, I want to be Mike. I mean, the guy looks like he is destroying himself, and he is. And there are all these rumors in Hollywood about him, about how he mistreats the people who uh, work with him or work for him, about how he parks his limousine around a corner before walking into a public place so nobody will see how wealthy he is from his documentaries, his dishonest documentaries. So, so he, he says, you've got to convert your, your right-wing relatives at Thanksgiving. And the way you do it, see, this is, this is going to really work on conservatives. The way you do it is you tell them that we're going to give them free health care. Free. It'll be free. We're going to give you free college. We're going to give you free child care. This is really going to convince your silly conservative relatives. Listen, listen to him talk. We're going to make your life easier, less stressful. You'll live longer as a result of that. I'm willing to do all that for you, even though I don't agree with you politically. Tomorrow at dinner, um, in the best possible way, just explain it to them. Because unfortunately, with a lot of the voters on the other side, it is kind of all about them. And they're very much about the me, me, me. So make it about them. Just tell them you're going to cover their health care bills. You're going to cover the daycare bills. And all of us together, we're all going to cover your kids being able to afford college. The amazing thing about this, well, there's two amazing things about it. First, he says this will work on the right because we're all about me, me, me. But who is who are they selling that to? They're not selling it to the right. They're selling it to the left. It's the left who shows up and says, give me the free college. I want the free health care. Give me free, free, free. As if free were a word with meaning. Free is a word like dragon. It only has an imaginary meaning, right? There is no such thing as free, right? So so who? why is he talking about the right being greedy when that is the entire pitch that Democrats make to their fellow Democrats? So why is it the right who are greedy? And the second thing about it is, here is Michael Moore this obviously sad sack character pontificating about what right-wingers think as if we have never heard this before, as if we'd never heard that they were going to pay for, that make healthcare, quote, free, unquote. We never heard that before. Like, we were, I, where, where, what the hell does he think we're doing? That we sit there and say, like, 
Oh, free health. I thought I thought when you said free, it meant you were going to take people's money away and spend it on things that you want to spend it on instead of things they want to spend it on. I thought when you said free health care, you know, it meant that you were going to ruin our country by giving government the right the decision-making power over our health and over our behaviors. You know, that's, I didn't realize it was going to be free. It's going to be free. You know, that, who, what right-winger wouldn't that convince? I mean, the dumb stuff these people say in their hatred and their bitterness and the imaginary West that they're living in. I'll show you, I'll show you another one in just a minute. But first, we got to talk about bowl and branch sheets. I love these sheets and I love these sheets, not because of weaklings like yourself who fall asleep on them, Anybody can fall asleep on these sheets because they're so comfortable. They're comfortable. They're attractive. You'll be out like that. Anyone can do that. I lie awake on these sheets. And I sit there thinking, these are nice sheets, man. These are comfortable sheets. What is it? Three o'clock in the morning. (laughs) I love these sheets. And what makes them unique is that each sheet is crafted from 100% organic cotton. That means Bolin Branch sheets not only feel incredible, they look amazing. And since Bolin Branch sells exclusively online, you don't pay that expensive retail market markup. You get twice the quality for half the price. You'll love them. Try them for 30 nights and see for yourself. If you're not impressed, return them for a full refund. Go to BolinBranch.com today and you'll get 50 bucks off your first set of sheets plus free shipping in the U.S. when you use the promo code Claven. That's 50 bucks off plus free U.S. shipping right now at BolinBranch.com, spelled B-O-L-L and Branch.com, promo code Claven. BolinBranch.com, promo code Claven. Who doesn't know how to spell bowl? Everybody knows how to spell bowl. is B-O-L-L, but how do you spell Claven? There are no <laughs> no ease in Claven. It's K L A V A N. Michael Bloomberg. I got. I just gotta play this one clip. Here's the guy. He's running for president, and they unearthed this old clip of him saying why we should tax the poor. Taxes are regressive, but in this case. Yes, they are. That's the good thing about them, because the problem is in people that don't have a lot of money. And so higher taxes should have a bigger impact on their behavior and how they deal with themselves. So I listen to people saying, oh, we don't want to tax the poor. Well, we want the poor to live longer so that they can get an education and enjoy life. And that's what, why you do want to do exactly what a lot of people say you don't want to do. The question is, do you want to pander to those people or do you want to get them to live longer? And there's just no question. If you raise taxes on full sugary drinks, for example, they will drink less. And there's just no question that full sugar drinks are one of the major contributors to obesity. And obesity is one of the major contributors to heart disease and cancer and a variety of other things. So bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for them. Look, he's going to tax the poor so the poor can't afford those sugary drinks that'll kill him. He's taking care of people. You know, what's so wonderful about this is the reason the left hates the West. This is the reason the the left hates the West. It's all those ordinary people who are not elites, who maybe don't even live in New York and L.A., who are making decisions for themselves. That's what they hate. Those are the people they think are racist. Those are the people they think are greedy. Those are the people they think are hateful and regressive and stupid. And he wants to make sure with taxes that they won't get out of line by making decisions for themselves. And what's amazing about this is he understands that if you tax soda, if you raise the tax on soda, less people will buy less soda, 
Why doesn't he understand that if you raise the tax on investment, people will invest less? If you raise the tax on wealth, people will create less wealth. If you tax business, people will do less business. It's stupid stuff, they say, because they're living, this whole thing is they're living in this world where it is, the West is bad. If they started from an attitude of thanksgiving and what they call an attitude of gratitude, they would have a totally different approach, right? It wouldn't be, how do I destroy this thing? How do I control these people? It would be, how do I free them? How do I let them free, set them free to do the things that people do, to build things, to create families, to love each other, to make a country like the country that we're living in, this amazing country that they're living in. There's all this stuff. You know, the New York Times, unbelievable the New York Times waged war on Thanksgiving and uh, Paul Krugman on Knucklehead. Let's go to Knucklehead Row. Can we go to Knucklehead Row? Oh, hey, hey, oh, hey, oh. Let's go waltzing down to Knucklehead Row. So Paul Krugman, who is the chief knucklehead on Knucklehead Row, I don't think anything Paul Krugman has ever said has been true. He writes, the imaginary war on Christmas wasn't enough. Donald Trump and Fox News are now accusing progressives of waging a war on Thanksgiving, too, based on... Well, nothing. This is in the same paper that then runs an article called The Vicious Reality Behind the Thanksgiving Myth. And of course, at the heart of this vicious reality of the Thanksgiving myth is the idea that we stole the land from the Indians. We stole the civilization from the Indians. He says, the pilgrims did not enter an empty wilderness ripe for the taking. Human civilization in the Americas was every bit as ancient and rich as in Europe. And this is, I mean, Colin Kaepernick, the guy who hates America so much that he started a trend to disrespect the flag. Colin Kaepernick uh, attended uh, un-Thanksgiving Day, accusing the United States of having stolen billions of acres of land from indigenous people. Now, you know, the thing about this is there there are. Uh, what can I say, moral gray areas about colonization, moral gray areas about coming into a place where when civilized people come into a land where natives are already there, terrible things happen between the whites and the Indians, between the Europeans and the Indians, no question about it. But the idea that the civilizations there were just as ancient and rich is a nonsense. This is not a moral commentary. This is not moral commentary. That Not that the people were worse than Europeans. All people are just as bad as everybody else. All people are fallen. All people are sinful. But if the Native Americans had had as rich a culture, why didn't they build ships that would take them to Europe? I mean, obviously, these people who came here brought Newton. They brought science. They brought freedom. They brought all these ideas that have made life better for all mankind, that they were sinners in themselves, that they did sinful things, that sinful things happened. But it wasn't as, you know, the the thing is, the New York Times where they're telling us they're not waging war against us. The New York Times is running this horrible 1619 project, which basically says that America was founded to protect slavery, which is a lie. And this thing, as we speak, is being piped into our high schools with the all the full authority of the New York Times, a former newspaper behind it, is being piped into our high schools to teach kids that this is why the country was founded. And they've been interviewing real historians, historians who actually know stuff. Uh, Gordon Wood is a Pulitzer Prize winning historian about the radicalism, how radical it was to found the United States. And he talks about the world as it was then and what America did to that. Here it is. I don't think people realize just what a cruel and brutal world existed, not just for slaves, but for lots of people who were uh, considered the mean sort or the lowly. Uh, and, and what it means to, to, to say that all men are created equal. 
the implications of that, that education is important. I mean, I think the important point to make about slavery is that it had existed for thousands of years without substantial criticism. Slavery existed in Africa, in the Middle East, in Asia, and of course in Latin America and North America. But it's the revolution that makes it a problem for the, for the world. And the first real anti-slave movement takes place in North America. So this is what's missed by these essays in, in the 1619 Project. And it's a massive movement of, against slavery that, that's unprecedented in the history of the world. I mean, this is, they, hate, they hate the West. They hate the West that has given them everything they have. They romanticize primitive cultures that would have given them nothing. And again, this is not a, a moral commentary on, on whether, you know, on atrocities committed against Native Americans or, or anything like that. But still, still, this is the last best hope of man. This is also the, the cutting edge of human advancement. And they hate it so much, but they want to run it. They hate it so much, but they want to teach it in the colleges. They hate it so much, but they want to report the news from their hateful point of view. They hate it so much, but they want you to elect them president. And not only elect them president, but to throw out the president you already elected, which we'll look at in just a second. But first, let us talk about Helix. Helix is another, it, Helix makes mattresses that help you sleep and help me stay awake comfortably. That's what they do. They make these great mattresses and they have a sleep quiz. It takes you just two minutes to complete. It matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. And no matter how you sleep, whether you sleep on the side, on your back, or like me, not at all, Helix can make the mattress that you what your that your body needs. Go to helixsleep.com slash Clavin. Take their two-minute sleep quiz, and they will match you to a customized, mat customized mattress. And if your uh, partner doesn't like the same thing you like, they can make a mattress that is half and half and gives each of you what you need. They have a 10-year warranty, uh, and you can get to try it out for 100 nights risk Free. Helix is offering up to 125 bucks off all mattress orders for our listeners. Get up to 125 bucks off at helixsleep.com/claven. That's helixsleep.com/claven for up to 125 dollars off your mattress order. Helixsleep.com/claven. You should be comfortable when you lie awake asking yourself the big questions like, how do you spell Claven? That's how you do it. So. They're, they're going back to the impeachment hearings, these useless impeachment hearings over nothing. Uh, now it's going to the Judiciary Committee. And the Judiciary, Jerry Nadler, the uh, troll who runs the committee, says Trump's lawyers have a deadline to say whether they're going to participate. And Trump's lawyers said, yeah, we're not participating. Why should we participate? You're not going to give us a fair break. You're not even calling fact witnesses. You're just going to stand up and pontificate to the public so Chuck Todd can repeat it. And what is the difference between Chuck Todd and Jerry Nadler except the fact that Chuck Todd is presentable, nothing, you know, so he can then tell you, well, you know, Trump really did break the law when people felt that he may have said something that they didn't like because their, his policy wasn't the policy of the intra-agencies. So while this is going on, of course, all of which is a smokescreen to hide the fact that the Obama administration spied on opposition candidates using the FBI, the IG report, the uh, inspector general from the DOJ is about to come out, uh, December 9th, right? And obviously, it's going to make some people look bad. I don't think it's going to be an explosive, you know, uh, expose or anything like that, but it's going to make some people look bad. 
Among them, probably, Peter Strzok and Lisa Page. So Lisa Page wants to get out in front of this. And she goes to the Daily Beast, uh, this liberal website. And she says, oh, you know, now I'm finally going to speak out. For nearly two years, they say, since her name first made the papers, she's been publicly silenced. But I asked her why she was willing to talk now. Obviously, why she's willing to talk now, because this reporter's coming out. is about to burn her. And she says, honestly, Trump's demeaning fake orgasm was really the straw that broke the camel's back. She says the president called out her name as he acted out an orgasm in front of thousands of people at a Minneapolis rally on October 11th. So there's a link here to Trump acting out an orgasm, which, you know, I really wanted to see. So I pressed the link and it's just that clown. What's his name? Uh, Rick uh, Wilson, I think it is, who is just this anti-Trump ranter. And someone went online. I think it was our guy, Ryan Saavedra, went online and looked up what happened. And this is as close as we could come to Trump's fake orgasm of uh, Lisa Page. On the FBI server so their spouses wouldn't find out because they didn't want to put it on their private. That didn't work out too well for Peter Strzok and Lisa Page, did it? Lisa, I love you. I love you, Lisa. I love you, Lisa. I love you so much I can't even see straightly. Lisa, she's going to win 100 million to nothing. But just in case, Lisa, my darling, I love you, God. Just in case she doesn't win. We've got an insurance policy essentially saying we're going to take him out. These are corrupt people, folks. And then she said, Peter, I love you. I love you so much. You're so great, Peter. Uh, I don't think she loves him too much anymore. Do you? <laughs> Remember, this is an adulterous affair, right? So, so she's breaking up a home to begin with. So that's a lie. And then the Daily Beast says leaked press accounts indicate the report will exonerate Page of the allegation that she acted unprofessionally or showed bias against Trump. But whether the the, um, the IG already put out a report on the FBI's behavior. Uh, and the FBI and DOJ's behavior leading up to the 2016 uh, election. And this is what it said. It said, we found that the conduct of five FBI employees, including Strzok and Page, right, brought discredit to themselves, sowed doubt about the FBI's handling of the mid-year investigation and impacted the reputation of the FBI. Although our review did not find documentary or testimonial evidence directly connecting the political views these employees expressed in their text messages and instant messages to the specific investigation Investigative decisions we reviewed, the contact by the con- the conduct by these employees cast a cloud over the FBI mid-year investigation and sowed doubt the FBI's work on and its handling of the investigation. Moreover, the damage caused by their actions extends far beyond the scope of the investigation and goes to the heart of the FBI's reputation for neutral fact-finding and political independence. She, he, they talk specifically about Strzok's uh, text to page. They say it's not only indicative of a biased state of mind, but even more seriously implies a willingness to take official action to impact the presidential candidate's electoral prospects. That's clearing her. That's exonerating her. No matter what's in the December 9th report, they've already damned her and and she should be damned. And the idea that they just go in and lie like this. See, this is the whole thing. They want to hate us then they want to tell us they don't hate us. We're being silly. There's no war on Christmas. There's no war on Thanksgiving. There's no war on the West. We're not coddling Islamists. They want to tell us all that stuff. It's all us. It's just the problem with the right. Okay? It's just a problem with 
the right. All right, we got to take a break uh, from Facebook and YouTube. But you know what? We have this huge uh, Black Friday offer. Is that what it's called? Black Friday offer. And a lot of and a lot of people uh, wanted to sign up, and it was insane. I mean, if you didn't see it, we put together this Black Friday promotion where all of our plans, uh, sub- subscription plans over at DailyWire.com were 50% off. And people were crazy for it. They wanted it. They wanted those those discounts. Then Saturday came along, and our customer support team was very busy, and a lot of people missed the deal on Friday and wanted us to honor it. And lots of current subscribers were confused about whether or not our deal would work if they wanted to upgrade their subscription. So we are bringing it back. It's one more day. It's Cyber Monday today, right? So this is our Cyber Monday deal. One more day of our magnificent promotion. If you become a subscriber to dailywire.com today, you'll get 50% off when you use the promo code DW50. That's DW50 for 50% off. And as an insider, you'll get access to our live shows, two extra hours of Ben every day, alongside many other things. When you're an insider plus, you get all of that and the glorious Leftist Tears Tumblr which is uh, carved by beavers uh, and then rolled on the thighs of virgin uh, Los Angelinos. Uh, With our new tier of all access, you also get to chat with me and the rest of the team here at dailywire.com. And to clarify, for current subscribers, you can use this deal for upgrades. So what are you waiting for? Get over to dailywire.com. Use the promo code DW50 before time runs out. We're not running any of that Cyber Tuesday stuff. So this is your last chance. DW50, get your 50% off on anything you want from Daily Wire. Come on over to dailywire.com and take advantage of this deal, and we will see you there. So climate change, I want to talk about climate change because in Madrid, they're having this huge meeting. 50 world leaders are gathering, uh, flying over, using up gas and whatever to fly over there to discuss climate change. And all around the world, there are these protests and strikes and all this stuff. And this is part of the hatred of the West. It's not hatred of the West. It's climate change. And anybody who denies it is in denial. And it really is amazing because I've been I've been really working hard to try and get at the truth of this because I don't want to just be I don't want to be an actual denier where I just say, oh, I deny it all. I want to look at the science. I want to look at what people say on both sides. And I'm not a scientist, so I have to depend on people who are telling me what they know. All right. So they are the they are. This is a U.N. sponsored thing. And they're putting up these U.N. scientists who are spreading the disaster scenario. Here is Dr. Inger Anderson from the U.N., Uh, who is saying that, uh, well, the usual thing, the world is coming to an end. What we now need to do is we need to make a massive cut in our carbon emissions. Failing that, we will see exactly the kind of scenario that uh, was introduced at the beginning of of this piece. Uh, Increased fires, increased heat waves, increased flooding, increased intensity of storms. And those areas that are already living in quite marginal rainfall will find it even more marginal, therefore, and shorter in time span, therefore uh, not long enough to secure a harvest season. So we will see millions of people on the move, pushed out by their ecosystems essentially being unable. Are you stupid or something? So John Stossel has a terrific video. It's called Are We Doomed, which I really recommend it to you highly, where he invites climate change people to come on and debate anti-climate change people. And of course, they don't show up. They never debate. They never. I mean, uh, uh, Chuck Todd, 
you know, spokesman for the left. Chuck Todd has banned them from NBC. They can't go, you know, anybody who doesn't believe that climate change is, is a disaster. But the fact is, the people who do show up, including a uh, climatologist named Pat Michaels, uh, shows up and just says the whole logic of this thing is ridiculous. Uh, here's Pat Michaels. It's warmed up around one degree Celsius since 1900, and life expectancy doubled the industrialized democracies, and, and yet that temperature ticks up another half a degree, and the entire system crashes. That's the most absurd belief. That all of this, that the temperatures have been rising for quite some time, for quite some time, and here we all are, and it's not going to, one little more tick up is not going to destroy us. And, you know, all these things, hurricanes, for instance, they have not gotten stronger. Hurricanes have not gotten stronger than they were before. They can measure that. That's something they can actually measure, and it's just not true that storms are getting worse. And the real hoax, the real hoax uh, beyond everything else is that the government can do something about it. That if we eliminate carbon, if we eliminate uh, emissions, which would plunge us back into the dark ages. And this is where the self-hatred comes in. This is where the hatred of the West comes in. We hate you. We despise you. We want to destroy you. Elect us. This is their, this is their logic, right? If they did all that, the, the effect on climate would be minuscule. It would have absolutely, make absolutely no difference to anything that they're saying. Forbes magazine ran a spectacularly good piece by a climate activist. This is a guy named Michael Schellenberger. He's a writer about climate things, and he's fi- and he's uh, been working on this, he says, most of his adult professional life. This is one of the things that obsesses him. And he just says all this disaster stuff is actually alienating people because they don't believe it and they shouldn't believe it. He says economic development has made us less vulnerable. All the things that the left hates has made us less vulnerable to climate change, which is why I'm reading now there was a 99.7% decline in the death toll from natural disasters since its peak in 1931. 1931, 3.7 million people died from natural disasters. In 2018, just 11,000 people did. That's an amazing decline, and that occurred over a period when the global population quadrupled. So the percentage of people dying of natural disasters has absolutely plummeted almost to nothing. So that's what's really happening. That is what's really been happening, okay? Sea level rise. The IPCC, this uh, climate group, right, estimates sea level could rise two feet by 2100. Two feet by 2100. He says, does that sound apocalyptic or even unmanageable? Consider that one third of the Netherlands is currently below sea level and some areas are seven meters below sea level. You might object that Netherlands is rich while Bangladesh is poor, but the Netherlands adapted to living below sea level four hundred years ago, and technology has improved a little bit since then. He says, what about claims of crop failure, famine, and mass death? That's science fiction, not science. Humans today produce enough food for 10 billion people, or 25% more than we need, and scientific bodies predict increases in that share, not declines. All of this helps explain, and I've talked about this before, why IPCC anticipates climate change will have a modest impact on economic growth. By 2100, IPCC projects the global economy will be 300 to 500 percent larger than it is today. And they predict that warming of 2.5 
uh, degrees Celsius and 4 degrees Celsius would reduce gross domestic product by 2% and 5% over that same period, right? So in other words, it's growing massively, 300, 500% uh, is getting bigger, 300 to 500%, and it might decrease because of climate change, 2% and 5%. He says, does this mean we shouldn't worry about climate change? Not at all. One of the reasons I work on climate change is because I worry about the impact it could have on endangered species. And he goes on to talk about koala bears. <laughs> now, nobody loves koala bears more than me, <laughs> except maybe other koala bears. But, you know, come on. <laughs> I mean, I'm not plunging the world into the dark angels. And, you know, this this child, Greta Thunberg, this this poor child who I just feel is being abused by these people, is being used as a tool. And, and you know, a lot of kids, a lot of kids are experiencing serious anxiety about these things because adults will not shut up and will not stop with the apocalyptic lies. And they are lies. It's not the deniers who are the liars. It is the alarmists who are the liars. They are lying about the catastrophic difference. And again, we all care about the environment. We all should care. So Greta Thunberg and, and some others write an op-ed about their the actions they plan to take today, why we strike again. And she says, school children, young people and adults all over the world will stand together demanding that our leaders take action, not because we want them to, but because the science demands it. This is what the science demands, right? That action must be powerful and wide ranging. After all, the climate crisis is not just about the environment. It is a crisis of human rights, of justice and political will, colonial racist and patriarchal systems of oppression have created and fueled it. We need to dismantle them all. Our political leaders can no longer shirk their responsibilities. That's what the science is telling 16-year-old Greta Thunberg. Go to your room, Greta. Really, go to your room and don't come out until you're ready to talk sense. I mean, that's what the science is saying, that colonial, racist, and patriarchal systems of oppression have caused this catastrophic climate change that isn't happening. This is the thing. It's this... It's this imaginary world where the West is the problem. It's this imaginary world where the West is the problem and everything that comes out of their mouth, whether it's about tax rates, whether it's about your uncle at Thanksgiving, your right-wing up uncle at Thanksgiving, whether it's about the climate, it is all being spurred by this hate. It's a fantasy of disaster created out of a fantasy of oppression. And when we point it out, we're the deniers. There's no war on Christmas. There's no war on progress. There's no war in the West. There's just evil right-wingers who don't like Islam. It is a really an amazing phenomenon we're witnessing, and it has to be got, it gotten rid of. It has to be thrown out. It has to be thrown out of Hollywood. It has to be thrown out of the, acad uh, the academies, and it certainly has to be thrown out of the Democratic Party for the West to thrive. How can the West thrive when the people who run it hate it? How can that happen? It can't. All right, a final reflection. I went and saw uh, Knives Out over the weekend, a very, very entertaining uh, movie, what they call a, uh, a, ma a manor house mystery, uh, old, very old-fashioned kind of story, kind of Agatha Christie, if you've ever seen Then There Were None or Ten Little Indians, uh, whichever it's called. Uh, that's, a, that's a typical uh, mansion house mystery. And uh, this one is very entertaining, but I want to talk, I, I want to be very careful not to give anything away. But it's about this family. Well, let's take a look at the clip. It's about a family, uh, uh, the descendants of a very successful mystery writer uh, who has become a billionaire. Harlan started out with a rusty Smith Corona and built himself into one of the best-selling mystery writers of all time. 30 languages, over 80 million copies sold. You guys fans? I mean, I don't do much fiction reading myself. Big but... fan. I'm a big fan. 
Who is that guy? Uh, Mr. Blanc is a private investigator of great renown. I read a tweet about a New Yorker article about you. You're famous. The night of his demise, the family had gathered to celebrate your father's 85th birthday. And your son, Ransom, did he attend as well? Yes, but he left early. I think Linda was upset. Walt would get a little Irish courage in him. He'd get into it with Harlan. What? Richard said what? Are you baiting me, detective? Attempting to be thorough so we can figure out the manner of death. You mean if someone killed him? You think one of us, one of his family, Walt Walt killed him? Mr. Blanc, I just buried my father who committed suicide. Why are you here? I suspect foul play. (laughs) That is uh, Daniel Craig doing a Southern accent as the detective. And the thesis of the movie is that white people, white people have now become corrupt from too much wealth. That is the underlying thesis of the movie and need to be replaced by immigrants. Okay, so you think like it would be an utter left wing movie. And in fact, uh, Daniel Craig, the the good guy detective in it is is named uh, Benoit Blanc, which means the white one, the white man who gives his blessing. So he's the one who's giving the blessing to white people to be replaced. I mean, that's basically the thesis. But you would think, having said that, you would think it's just a left wing screed, but it's not. There is a Ben Shapiro lookalike in this thing, who does nothing but look at his you know, phone through the whole thing, kind of looks a little bit like a cartoon version of Ben, and he everybody hates him. And there's an SJW, and everybody hates him, a social justice warrior, and everybody hates her. And she's really awful. She really is worse than the Shapiro character, who doesn't really do anything bad. They just make fun of him, but he doesn't really do anything bad. And what's really interesting to me about the movie, and it's very, very entertaining, is the arguments that take place, some, some of them in the background, some of them not complete. You don't really know what they're talking about, but you, you know they're talking about Donald Trump and uh, immigration and all this stuff. The arguments are fair. The arguments give the right-wingers just as uh, much of a chance to say what they have to say as the left-wingers, and they sound like real arguments between people. And so if you don't have a side, if you don't take a side, you would listen and think, well, they're both making good points. But the point, the overall point he's making is we're so corrupt that it doesn't really matter what we believe anymore. The left is corrupt. The right is corrupt. Everybody stinks, and we need to all be thrown out. Now, why why they think this about people who came to this country, uh, who were also immigrants to this country, and why they think that that this that white people are somehow the problem. I, this is just part of this fantasy of hatred. But it is interesting, and I think an almost a turning point, that if they think this is an attack on Donald Trump, if they think this is an attack on the right, they're no longer hearing themselves, because it's not. It basically shows everybody, everybody to be at fault in some way. And of course, that's always true. And certainly it's true of the alt-right and the far left. They are the same people, as far as I'm concerned. They're all full of bigotry. But conservatism, freedom, Americanism is still the right way to go, still worth pursuing, still worth defending, and still worth spreading to the rest of the world. We'll talk about it more tomorrow. I'm Andrew Clavin. This is The Andrew Clavin Show. Hey, if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, give us a five-star review and also tell your friends to subscribe too. We're available on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, The Matt Wall Show, and The Michael Knoll Show. Thanks for listening. The Andrew Clavin Show is produced by Austin Stevens and directed by Mike Joyner. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Senior producer, Jonathan Hay. And our supervising producers are Mathis Glover and Robert Sterling. 
Assistant Director Pavel Wydowski. Edited by Adam Sayovitz. Audio is mixed by Mike Cormina. Hair and makeup is by Jesua Alvera. Animations are by Cynthia Angulo. And our production assistant is Nick Sheehan. The Andrew Claven Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2019. If you prefer facts over feelings, aren't offended by the brutal truth, but you can still laugh at the insanity filling our national news cycle, well, tune in to The Ben Shapiro Show, where you'll get a whole lot of that and much more. See you there. 